0: Today, we're starting a series called Share Your Story. You would be crazy to look around at what's taking place in our world, in our society, and begin to wonder if something more is taking place. Is the end near? Is God preparing His people for the greatest revival that we've ever seen? Google shows there are thousands of hits every week on people going on Google and asking that question Are we living in the last days? It's not a bad question to ask. We should be prepared and living as if the last days were upon us, but I want to challenge that thought process. Let's look in your outline real quick. The question isn't, are we living in the last days? The truth is, we are living in the only days we will ever have. The question becomes, not how we survive our last days, but rather, what is God calling me to do on my only days that I will ever have here on earth? I am here on purpose. I am here because God wants to use me. I am here because there's more to life than just surviving. But what is it? Why am I here? I want to give you a very clear answer and then over the next couple of weeks we're going to break that down and to see what it looks like because my job my goal as a, as a pastor is to help you fulfill your purpose and i want to help you accomplish the reason why god has brought you to earth and one of the main reasons while you are here every single one of us carry this purpose all of you watching online we had over 7000 last week tune in on youtube watching us online Part of why you are here is to share your story. You have a story, and that story matters to God. That story matters to other people. You may not think you have a story, but guess what? You do. You may not think your story is good enough. It is. You may have lived the perfect Christian life since you were three years old like my wife and has nothing wrong. The only thing she's ever done wrong was to marry me and drive over the speed limit. <laughs> or, or maybe, or maybe you're, you're like Philip and you're the reason why some towns created new laws. <laughs> no matter where you fall on that spectrum, you have a story and God wants you to use your story and your story is a big deal. The Bible says in John 1 in your outline, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. I want to use this message to drive home the point I want to get across. Here we read that in the beginning was the Word. The Word was in the beginning. So before anything else happened, the Word was already there. Before creation, was the Word there? Yeah. Yeah. Before animals and stars and all that, was the Word there? Yeah, so the word is referred to as the Son of God that we know as Jesus. The word in Greek, just follow me on this, is the word Logos, which means the standard. So we could read the text this way. In the beginning was the standard, and the standard was with God, and the standard was God. Since we know that John writing here in his own gospel is showing us the proof in the Bible that The Word was Jesus, and Jesus had a relationship with God. Let's read this same passage, but adding one more word in it. In the beginning was Jesus the standard. And Jesus the standard was with God. And Jesus the standard was God. It goes on in verse 4, it says, In Him, in Him means Jesus the standard was life. And the life was the light of men. In Him, in Jesus is life. The light is what gives direction for where life is supposed to illuminate. You marinate on that one for a minute. Your story is coming to a place where you understand that Jesus is the standard. And in Him, light overpowered the darkness that was in your life. Jesus is a standard that our lives are to follow. When we come to an understanding of this, we are able to have light in places where we once only had darkness. Why is that important? If Jesus is the standard, then we are to do what Jesus did, we are to act as Jesus acted. We are to talk as Jesus talked. We are to live as Jesus lived. We are to follow the teachings of what Jesus taught. Jesus was light, and the light was shown to cover darkness, meaning that the light of Christ covers the darkness of sin. I will circle back on that thought at the end, but keep it in the back of your mind. Jesus used four different methods to communicate His message. When Jesus communicated His message, He was sharing portions of, of his story. Jesus shared his story everywhere he went. Why would Jesus use different methods to share his story? The, amp- the answer is simple. Because different people respond to different methods. Abigail, our daughter, uh, is seven and is becoming quite the reader. Every time she gets in the truck, she looks up on the screen and reads the words. And every time we're driving down the road, she sees the signs and she reads the words. And if she doesn't know the words, she sounds it out. And then she asks... Well, what does that mean? What What does that word... And, and if she sees a word she's not sure about, she will sound it out, and then she will ask, what does that mean? And let's just be honest with each other in here. We're adults, but yet we're not all grammar Nazis like some people, and there are words out there that you know the meaning of, but to put that word in the understanding of a seven-year-old is very difficult. You know? Okay, so... Um, like, like the word, um, because. The other day, Abigail was like, be, and she sounded out and she's like, what's that mean? Well, you and I know what it means. It means because. Like, but, but what's the first thing that comes to your mind to explain to a seven-year-old? I said, Adrienne, what do you think this means? And so I had to pawn it off on her real quick because I couldn't figure out what that meant. I, didn't, I couldn't figure out in a way that she would understand What it meant but her being a first grade teacher understands there's different methods to teach different ways and she knows different things to be able to show them different understandings. There are many words that we use that are hard to explain just off the top of our head. Uh, Here's what I'm trying to say. There are things in our lives that we understand because we've gone through them. We know them. We've been educated in them. Then there are things that we went through and the things that like... John went through in the Bible and he has an understanding of particular things that I don't have. There are things that you have gone through that you have an understanding on that I don't have. Let me me say this one more way. Your story is different. And your story relates to people differently. Every one of you have a story. And your story relates to somebody else that my story wouldn't. That Riddle's story wouldn't. That Al story wouldn't. That Sternberg's story wouldn't. So Jesus had to use different methods to share his story to relate to different people. If he would have used the same method all the way throughout, he would have only been able to relate to one group of people. But he chose four different ways, and these four different ways related to all people. Let's look at what these four ways are in your outline. Let's write these things down. Normally, you have a lot more things to fill out, but this is more. Of, the last three weeks have been a lot of Bible and a lot of a lot of. So I'm trying to make this a little bit more lighthearted today. Uh, Jesus taught. Write down number one in parables. We all know this, and that's simply stories jesus taught in sermons teaching that's kind of what we're doing right here jesus taught by example this is the lifestyle that he lived and fourth i'm not going too fast jesus taught through miracles demonstrations of what he was sharing let me give you some examples of the different methods luke 19 1 through 10 we won't read the whole text it's kind of long but here, Zacchaeus and Jesus are having dinner together. And Jesus was showing all the people that, hey, it's okay for you to have dinner with people that are sinners. It's okay for you to hang out with people like this. But the, the interesting thing that happened was the first time that Jesus went and had dinner with him, we read in verse 9 in your outline, and Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to your house. Many people, many churches, many other uh, institutions will use that passages of those passages of Scripture to say, it's okay for you to hang out and live like the world. No, the first time Jesus hung out with them, Jesus changed him. If you're gonna to go to the bar and hang out with somebody, you better change them the first time. If not, you're just becoming one of them. Total sidebar. Not even in my notes. Sorry about that. We can assume the conversation may have gone something like this: Zacchaeus, tell me about yourself. They're having dinner, they're, they're sitting around the table, they're having a, a good time, and Jesus would say, Zacchaeus, tell me about yourself. Zacchaeus. And, and, and if he would have known the song from whenever you're little, you wee little man and the wee little man is you, tell me about your wee little self. You know, and he would have had this conversation with him. And at some point in the conversation, Jesus would have had to share his story with him. How do we know that? Because it says in verse 9, today salvation has come to your house. How would Zacchaeus know who Jesus was if Jesus didn't share about his story with him? He wouldn't have. Jesus would use miracles. He would lay hands on people. He would tell people to pick up their bed and walk. He would show them that He's the Son of God. He would go down by the, the shore in Matthew and, and say, come, follow Me, you fishermen. I'm not going to make you a fisherman. I'm going to make you a fisher of man He used their understanding to relate to that person. If He would have said, come follow Me, I want to show you the glory of Heaven, they would have been like, you're crazy. But He said, you're a fisherman. Come and I'll make you a fisher of man. He spoke their language so that they could understand the message that He was trying to get across because Jesus knew the story. Different methods for different people. We have in the Gospels, John the Baptist before Jesus came on the scene and would say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Meaning that Jesus was soon to come. Then Jesus came on the scene and Jesus began to teach repent. The kingdom of God is here and you've got to come through me to have it. He began to shift the story a little bit. And then Jesus left and He told the disciples, we, we learned about it last week, to wait for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and then go and make disciples of all men and women. A disciple is one who becomes like Jesus. If you don't know the story of Jesus, how can you become like Him? So that must mean the story is important. The disciples started using the pattern of what Jesus taught them, and they used their own story to relate to people. And they would use their own personal testimony on how Jesus saved them. And they learned this through spending time with Jesus himself. In Acts 2, Peter is sharing his story of what God did through him in a speech to the church. Later we read that Peter uses his past to show how he can connect with those who don't believe. He says in Matthew that he is just a fisherman. Then Peter shows us he met Jesus and what happened after he followed Jesus. And it shows us what God did through Peter. The disciples show us a pattern that we are to follow when it comes to sharing our story. In your outline, let's look at this. To share your story pattern is What was I like before Christ? What brought me to Christ? What am I like after Christ? Paul uses this same method. Paul says, I am a Christian killing machine. I thrived on killing them. Then when I was on the road to Damascus, a bright light shone and it gave life to me and I discovered who Jesus was. And then he goes on to say, I pray more than you all and you all need to repent. He is showing us before Christ, I'm a Christian killing machine. What brought me to Christ? I was on the road to Damascus and God appeared. And then after Christ, I'm a person who follows after Jesus and I pray more than all of you. You see the pattern? Every one of us have a story, but I need you to understand that your story is powerful. Your story is beneficial. Your story is useful. My grandfather, my mom's dad is a builder. Uh, he was a builder. He, he's retired. He's retired. Uh, but he can build a house from the ground up every single facet he doesn 't even need water 's electric. He can do the electric himself. It may not be code, but he can do it like i don 't know if code matters or not, but like he can build he can build the the entire house and he 's got a ton of different tools to do all the jobs that it takes to build a house. And he's got some saw blades that have like really thick and wide teeth blades to dig into the big pieces of wood. Then he's got some saw blades that are really thin and fine so he can cut metal with precision. He, he's got some hammers and screw guns and, and all sorts of sawzaws. He, he has all these sorts of tools. And then, and then he's got certain screws that are made just for sheetrock and, and certain screws that are made or, or, or nails that are made just for baseboards and, and trim. And he's got all these different types of tools and, and some of them are really similar to each other, but they all have a different purpose. Maybe one drill is big and powerful and it can nail a a. a a shingle into the uh, into the ceiling and then he's got another little screw gun to fit in some tight places and uh, but but even though he he had the knowledge to, to, to be able to build a, a whole house himself he has all the tools the 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 thing is that he doesn't have one single tool that he can use to build every facet of the house you, you got to have different tools to complete the job. No, you guys aren't getting that. Okay. I'll get to it again here in a second. Thanks, Dernberg. But here's here the difference of the tools in... We call them Papa. The tools in Papa's hands and the tools in, in my hands. He knew how to use the tool. Um, he would say, Hey, Taylor, read that tape measure. Read that, let's say, in like the big number and there's all these little lines on there. I would skip the little lines. It's like 25. I, I, I didn't know what the little 16th and 8th and quarter, you people, you know this. I can just look at it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. But because he knows how to use a tape measure, I just said, fill it up with cock and putty. You're good. And he's like, no, no, no. It's got to be, and he, he'd show me. Count Count out the lines. That's an eighth. This is a 16th. So this is 25 inches and a 16th. So we're going to cut this board at 25 and 16. But the tools in the hand of the person who knows how to use them can build a magnificent house. And he has built dozens of them. I can go and purchase all the latest and greatest tools, which I probably have. Okay. And, and, and I still could not build a house from the ground up. Why? I don't know how to use them, and I never learned how to use them. The tools in your story are there for you to use. Follow me on this. That time when you snuck out of your house and you got caught and your dad whooped you, that is a tool for the story that God has for your life. <laughs> the, the time whenever, and I say this because my wife's a teacher, uh, uh, the time you cheated on your test and you got caught, And you got busted when you got home. It's a tool that God can use for you to build your house and for you to build your story. That time you stole something at the grocery store and you felt that guilt, maybe you didn't. It's a tool. Every single one of us have tools in our lives that are meant to be used. However, most people look at their tools and they blame God. And they get bitter at God. They get mad at people. This wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't done that. Here's the hard reality check. I'm your friend, right? Okay, it's because you screwed up. (laughs) Your tools are not meant to break you. Your tools are meant to build you. Your tools are meant to build you. The tools in the hand of the right person can build. The tools in the hand of the wrong person can demolish. Your story is built by the tools in your life. Are you following my analogy? Okay. If I were to go to my grandpa and ask him how to use a particular tool, he could show me no problem. He knows how all the tools work. Look in your outline at the top. In the hands of the master craftsman, there is no tool that can't be used. Your tools are your story. But how do you use your story to build people? The failures and the successes of your life are the tools that God will use in your life to share your story. We have to embrace them. We have to use them. I don't mean to hold on to them as a trophy to display and to be like, oh, this is... No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. It's not an excuse to live in your past, but rather it's a tool that God has allowed you to go through to share your story with someone else to help them get through their story. The great thing about tools, if you don't know how to use them, In the hands of the master, there is no tool in your life you can't use. Jesus can use the hardest of tools in your life to build yourself up in others. I'm going to say it again. In the hands of the master, there is no tool you can't use. So what do you have to do with those tools that you have? You've got to go to the master. Who's the master? You guys are getting it. So the question becomes, am I going to use my tools to build? Am I going to use my tools to demolish? Or am I going to use my tools like Taylor does and put them on the shelf and never touch them again? (laughs) Different tools are different stories. Riddle's story may not be my story. Matthew's story is not my story. Susanna's story is not my story. But you know what the great thing is about tools? We established it a while ago. One tool doesn't build a house. Your tool's required to build the house. Your tool of is required to build the house. Your tool's required to build the house. Cindy, is your tool required? Yes. Yeah. It takes everyone. I can't build the house by myself, I, I'm only a, a few tools. But to build the house, it takes a lot of tools. My one tool cannot build it. Look in your outline in green. Your testimony is built by the tools you know how to use. Why is your testimony important? It's what made you the person you are today. Don't shy away from that. You think you went through a bunch of junk because life isn't fair to you? No, you went through a bunch of junk because you made bad decisions. And God wants to use that to redeem you. To build you up. To help others. Your story, your tools are not meant for you. They're meant for you to use to build. (laughs) Your story is your tool. God is a God of redemption. He doesn't want to hold your past over you. He doesn't want to hold your past to beat you down. He wants you to use your tools to build your future, to build the house that you're going to be in. (laughs) If you know how to use your story, your story can be used to invite people to church. Your story can be used to invite people to a relationship with God. Your story can be used to plant a seed in someone's life that can change an entire, what's it called? bloodline of people. But if you don't use your story, if you don't use your tools, God has brought people along in your pathway. See what I did? pathway, Pathway Church? Okay. Shameless plug. God has brought people along in your pathway that He needs your tools in the hands of the person who knows how to use them. Your tool will work for you and you alone. Your tool won't work for me, Josh. Riddle's tool won't work for Phil. Your tool works for you. (laughs) My story is different. Your story is different. But when we bring our tools together, together we can build the house. What do I refer to as the house? The local church. How do we build the local church? using your tools. <laughs> have you ever gone... This has happened to me and it's the most aggravating thing in the world. You, you have a project your wife's been asking you for like, what, two years to do? <laughs> I'm not looking at you, Josh. Don't look away. <laughs> and you, you finally build up the motivation to... Ah, okay, I'm going to do this. And you go and get the screw gun that you need and the battery's dead. And you're like... I can't even do the project. And so you have to go plug it in, and by the time you get it plugged in and the battery gets charged up and it gets ready to use, you number one, you lost your motivation. You don't want to do it anymore. Number two, you're mad because the tool wasn't ready for you when you did it. Number three, you forgot what you were supposed to do to begin with, so you just moved on anyway because it, you can't have done it in two years. What's another six months? Sorry, Josh. I don't mean to throw you under the bus, but... <laughs> but you, you get... You, you get the point, right? Ish. Six months ish. When, when, when you're not sharing your story, you lose your motivation. Oh man, that just kind of hit home a little bit differently, didn't it? When you're not sharing your story you forget your purpose of why you're still on here on earth. We said it at the beginning. We are living in the only days we will ever have. Use them to share your story. You have lost your motivation. You have lost your purpose. Your story's been on the shelf for a long time. And I'm calling you today, over the next few weeks, we're going to pull out our stories and do and become and walk in the purpose of what God has created this church to become. And that is for every single one of us to fulfill our purpose in the days that we have. I'm going to get mad at you all. All right. You have a story, and that story matters. In Romans 10 in your outline, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be. saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him? They have never heard about Him. And how can they hear about Him unless... And how will, they, how will anyone go and tell them? That is why the Scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of the messenger to bring good news. Some of you have beautiful feet. Some of you have ugly feet. We're not going to look at feet, okay? But you guys get it. You are God's messenger to share your story to bring good news. They will never know the love and the grace of God unless you share your story. We're supposed to do it. I'm not calling you to do anything that you're not supposed to be doing. It says in Romans. Don't, don't share your story. You just go sit in your room and sulk and about everything that's ever happened to you. It says, don't, don't, don't be someone who actually achieves something great. Go be a loser. Oh no, it doesn't say that at all. It says you have a story and God wants to use you and your story matters to you. It matters to people. It matters to God. And He's saying, get up out of your lazy chair and go share your story. Does that mean I'm sorry? But I'm not. Because our days are numbered. This world's getting close to coming to an end. It's crazy out there. But you're living in the only days you'll ever have. Focus on what matters. In your outline, I put three things. We, it was on the front page. I wanted to put on the back as well. My story. How do you use your tools? I'm going to get very practical next week. But before next week, I need you to do something for me. Answer these questions. My story. What was I like before Christ? What brought me to Christ? What, did, what has Jesus done in me? Here's what I want you to do this week. I only left one line there, but it's signifying that you've got a story to put in there. Write out your story. Don't do it in your head. Terrence knows you can have a work order, and if you don't have a work order that's written down, your employee ain't going to be able to do nothing with it. You've got to get it written down. And once you write it down, now you've got a work order to go do something with. Your story is no good in your head. Your story needs to be written down. So here's your assignment. Yeah, you came to church and got homework. I told my wife's a teacher. I can't help it. She's getting back into school. I'm thinking everyone needs homework. Uh, Write out your story. It can be 45 minutes long. I don't care. Write out your story. And then after you write it out, three minutes. (laughs) Bring it down to three minutes. But write out your whole story. Process it. And then have a three-minute story to share because I don't want to listen to you tell your story for 45 minutes. Just, just be honest. No one does. We're friends, right? We want the Cliff Notes version. It's how we live. But I want... What was I like before Jesus? Man, I was a sinner. I did some bad things. I stole this. I did this. I didn't have any guilt about it. And then what, what brought me to Jesus? I don't know. I went to church one time and something just changed in me. I discovered Jesus was calling me. And then now I want to go to church. Now, now I want to do what's right. That's your story. It, it's not com- Don't overcomplicate your story. But go to Jesus who's the master craftsman, who knows how to use your tool. And together you write your story. And as you write your story, bring it down to three minutes. We're good with that? Over the next couple of weeks... I had to say it a couple of times. Just make sure all. anything. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to ask some of you to share your story in here. We're going to take time on our Sunday morning. And I saw some of you just looked away from me really fast. <laughs> like, I don't want to do it. So Terrence, just know you're, you're getting called on. <laughs> I might call on you too, Sternberg. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of town the next six weeks on work. <laughs> How long is this series? <laughs> But I want everyone to work. I'm going to call on. If you're willing to share your story, tell me after service and, and then we'll, we'll set it up. If you're not, I'm going to call on you during the week and you're going to do it anyway. So, But I want you to be able to share your story. There are people that God has brought into your life because God has allowed them to be there because your story is the only story that make a significant impact in their life. Thank you for tuning in today. For more content like this, visit our website, www.pathwaychurchok.com to see the variety of ways you can download this content and so much more. It's our pleasure that you would tune in, and we believe that if you take the content you just heard, write down the parts that spoke to you, and work on a plan to apply it, you will not be the same person a year from now. We hope today you can take this content, apply it, share it, let it change you, and you can become all God has called you to become. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll be together again soon. Until then, keep growing.